This is episode 44 of Kicker and the Waterboy, a sports podcast that has received six requests from NBA teams for having to go and have lunch in their city with their superstar. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 44. Uh, thanks a lot for taking the time to tune in and for your patience as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, he is Evan the Kicker. He of many uh, lunch requests. I am Ryan the Waterboy, who would be lucky to be a waiter there. But, uh, I don't know, I guess I can be in charge of bringing water to Evan's lunches. I'd be good at that. Yeah, that is, that's a talent of yours. Let's jump right into our big story, starting off with the NBA Finals. The Bucks are NBA champions for the first time since 1971. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the series as a whole? This series was just so much fun. Like, um... I hadn't watched a game of the NBA playoffs until uh, game four of the finals, and it was just so fun. Like, I couldn't turn it off. I watched, like, the rest of the games, too. Like, it was just so fun because it it wasn't all, like, threes and dunks and stuff like that. When a team made a three-pointer, it was huge. When a team made a dunk, it was uh, it was huge. Like, Giannis's dunk in game five that won the game. And, I mean, it's fun to see, you know, the Reeves just raining down in games, but also it's kind of boring. And uh, I just like how in this, uh, these two teams, they've been able to, like, you know, make the perfect passes to find the best shot available, including stuff that's, like, mid-range and goes against analytics. So I, I really liked it. It was refreshing. I agree. It was a very exciting series every game. Um Every game felt exciting. It was, it was fun to watch. And it goes with uh, kind of every five years, there's an exciting series. And 2016 was LeBron and the Cavs with Game 7, the block. And then 2011, that was, I think it was the Mavericks and Dirk Nowitzki. And now 2021 was Giannis basically taking over and going from two games back to win the next four to to win the title for the Milwaukee Bucks for the first time in, in 50 years. And like you said, it was cool to see um, kind of all-around team play rather than just uh, bomb the three. Mm-hmm. Yep, so team play over iso ball. That was fun, but uh, I guess the question moving forward is should other NBA teams try and follow the model of the Bucks and Suns like that? I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I think it depends on the personnel you have. I'll say as a spectator, at least for me personally, I, I enjoyed that model more that the, that the Bucks and Suns employed. Should other teams try to do it? I don't know. I, don't know. I can't really speak for other teams and, and their situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they show that it can work, but um, I think in most circumstances, uh, teams are going to stick with the analytics-driven approach, like... You look at the Nets with all the superstars, the Lakers, the Warriors, uh, even the Bulls now. Like We'll talk about free agency in a different show, but like they've been reloading and just trying to put as many stars as they can on their team. And uh, that's different than the, uh, the model of the Bucks and Suns. So as much as I like it, I don't think that teams are going to try and you know replicate it. Yeah. So my lunch buddy Giannis put up 50 points in the series clinching victory. Um, in your opinion, where does he rank on the list of NBA superstars now? He's up there. I would like, if I'm starting a team, I don't know. Um, 
I guess it depends like what other players I can get, but he might be a like he might be the first one that I take. Like he completely took over that game. He scored or talking about the game six, he scored half his team's points pretty much. Uh and even fifty, that's uh one of the highest ever in like a finals clinching performance. So like he showed up uh finally in the playoffs, like for the uh Past couple of years, there was like the rumor that he wouldn't be able to, you know, get it done in the uh, into May and June. But now he's, uh, you know, with this playoff run, he's really cemented himself as maybe one of the biggest stars in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know where he stands all time, but I'd say in my mind, he's one of my favorite and no not because he got lunch with me but he (laughs) (laughs) he uh um you know he's he's drafted by the bucks a few like a a while ago he's really young i think he's 18 when he was drafted and um just kind of put the work in really you know he had chances after he won mvp i'm sure to, to go to a big market team and get paid for lack of a better phrase but he stayed with milwaukee and kept playing the work and here he is now NBA champion and I think it's really cool to see a guy stay at the same team he was drafted at and uh, just kind of work his way to where he is now Mm -hmm. yeah so hopefully this is the final time we ever have to ask this question how big is the COVID asterisk on this title I think it's faint I don't think really COVID made that much of a difference it wasn't playing the bubble and they were fans. Um, yeah, I don't think it's really that much of an asterisk on this title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's talk about the fans for just a second. Like, it was really fun to see packed arenas, and then the uh, how what's it? Oh, the Deer District. I was gonna say <laughs> Bucks Boulevard, but that doesn't sound right. But <laughs> but uh, it was fun to see you know all those thousands of people outside the stadium, just like it was in a normal year, and. Uh, I'd say that, yeah, this is probably as close to normal as you could have hoped. Um, the one possible asterisk, that's, like, injuries in the playoffs. Like, they had to uh, – the Bucks got around the Nets because they were injured. The Suns, uh, they had a couple injuries. But really, I mean, that happens in any playoffs. So, very minimal COVID asterisk. Throughout this series, Monty Williams uh, did a phenomenal job. He's a coach of the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, you think the Suns can come back in, in 2022 and, and have just as much success? Uh, I'm not sure if they'll have just as much success, but I think that they've, uh, what they did this year, it's the start of something. Um, I don't know if they'll, you know, necessarily make it back to the finals every year, but I think that they've, uh, you know, established themselves as like a really good team in the loaded, uh, I guess it's the Pacific Division. Um, I don't know for for certain which uh, which division they're in, but you know they have to do battle with the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Clippers, and uh, this team like they made it look like they could um you know they could hold up and battle against all those teams throughout the year. Plus the Kings, of course, Kings are just superstars. But uh, oh yeah, but, yeah. Kings. Yes, sir. But uh, but, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they'll come all the way back, but I really liked what Monty Williams did and how he went. Uh, he went into the Bucks locker room after the game to just congratulate them. That was really cool too. It's something you don't really see a lot in today's game, so it was just a fun series. 
Yeah, it was a, a very classy move by him and, and cool to see. I agree. I don't know if they're going to go back to the NBA Finals again. Um, it will help if they brought Chris Paul back for another four years. Um, they've really just, their whole team mostly stayed intact. It's a young roster. It's going to be a year older. Um, but, you know, the West is loaded, I think. You know, they're, the Warriors had Clay Thompson injured, and the Lakers had a bunch of injuries as well. And I don't know what happened to the Jazz if they had injuries, but they're they're pretty good too, at least during the regular season. And the Lakers are now even better with the additions of Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. And I think they got Malik Monk too. So they end up getting a young player, which is scary. It's, it just feels unfair. All these L.A. sports teams. Anyway, I'm going on a rant. Back to the question. <laughs> I, I, I think they're going to be good. They'll probably make their conference semifinals, but I don't think they're going to make it back to the NBA Finals in 2022. Mm-hmm. All right, so that closes the book on the NBA season. And uh, let's jump to our next big topic. It's uh, about a week or so old now, but uh, <laughs> Texas is back. King out of a conference. <laughs> What started out as a rumor, it's become official now. Uh, University of Oklahoma and Texas intend to leave the Big 12 Conference in 2025. Uh, what's your initial reaction? Um, see you later, Big 12. That was my initial reaction. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the really the only... I don't know how to put that... <laughs> I don't want to say only two relevant teams in the Big 12 for a college football playoff every year, but kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now that's just mostly, um, they're still good. Like, Baylor's good, and West Virginia's not bad. But those are Texas and Oklahoma were, were the big two. And with them gone, they're down to eight teams, which feels very small for a conference. And... Uh, yeah, that's just my first reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, even when they're bad, Texas is still, like, making headlines for football and stuff. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, Oklahoma and Texas, those are the two, like, annual football powers in the um, in the Big 12. Like, you know, every year you get some wild card that does well, like Iowa State or Baylor, like you said, West Virginia, TCU. But, uh, but yeah, with them gone, which it'll, it'll be another uh, three, four years, but with them gone, it'll be uh, very weird to see how they survive in football. This is probably the end of the Big 12's uh, playoff chances, maybe ever in this current format. Yeah, right. And where would they go if they were relieved? None other than the Southeastern Conference. You think this was a, like good or bad? I mean, there's just something about, you know, 16 teams in a conference that seems too big for me. It's like, you know, it's, it's going to be the case in all of the other sports, and that includes basketball and conference tournaments and stuff like that. So the conference tournament is going to take, like, six days now, a full, <laughs> a full week. And, like, if a team somehow makes it all the way from, like, a, I don't know, the 16 seed per se, where you have to play on, like, all five or six days... They're just going to be spent. Um, so I don't know. Uh, the 16 t- seem kind of big, but uh, and the geography 
part of it, it kind of makes sense with the expanded SEC because if Missouri can be in the Southeast, I guess Oklahoma can. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's just my initial thoughts. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think 16 is way too many for a conference. Maybe we can just trade some teams over the Big 12, like Missouri, if that makes sense. Yeah. Kentucky, that makes sense. Sure, let's get rid of that. Um, no, we need Vanderbilt for the conference GPA. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd have to think about it more. But I can see Kentucky and Missouri in the Big 12 just geographically. Um, so, what, like, with all these teams, 16 teams in one conference, how would you prefer that the conference is broken up? Like, would it be east-west or, or maybe pods of four? I don't like the current format, which is East and West. Um, so how it works, there are currently 14 SEC teams. Uh, so it's split in half, seven and seven. Uh, each team in football plays the six other teams in their geographic conference. They play one permanent team in the other conference, and then they play one roving. So um, I would prefer pods because that way it guarantees that every four, like you'll play a team, every four years so you get the experience of uh you know like having one team come to your school during your college career like guarantee if you stay four years so so i like that um like for uh for us we're never going to see uh the gamecocks play mississippi state maybe them or uh, I don't know. There, there's probably one other team that we're not going to see. But, but yeah, I, I would just like that. Uh, that way, you get to you know experience the whole conference and stuff. So pods is my preference. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that, but I I'd also agree that I like the idea of pods of four. It feels like a lot of, especially with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, a lot of teams are like. West, and the West is already really strong with Bama and Auburn and A and M, and I'm once the blue moon at LSU. Um, but the pods of four, I like it. You see, like you know, one one team you don't usually see every four years, and uh, it just makes things a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Also, one thing I wouldn't like about an expanded East-West, that means that we'd play either Alabama or Auburn every year, going solely off geography. So that's a no. But uh, let's go back to the uh, conference that's being left. Uh, Is this the end of the Big 12? Do you think they can survive with eight teams and still remain one of the, you know, Power 5 schools or conferences? I would say no. Not with only eight teams. Mm-hmm. Definitely not in football. What I would do if I'm the Big 12 is I would go all in as a basketball conference. <laughs> like, you have Kansas. They're good. You have Baylor, who just won a national championship. Uh, let's see. Uh, Oklahoma State just had the number one draft pick in the NBA. You have Bob Huggins at West Virginia. I say you go all in for basketball. Maybe try and take a couple more teams like Wichita State or uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah, no, take them. It's okay. I don't want to play them in basketball every year. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, 
that's what I would do if I was the Big 12. Just make a, make football, you know, kind of important, but have basketball be your big thing. Which, like, I mean, is sort of the ACC's MO, but they have a couple of, like, uh, you know, really solid football teams who shall remain nameless. <laughs> that, is, that is a genius idea, and quite frankly, I have nothing to add to that. I completely agree. So, uh, with those teams we just mentioned, say the Big 12 can't survive, where do the other teams go? Or just a handful? Do you have any, like, perfect fits? I think maybe the AAC, that would make sense, American Athletic Conference, possibly one team to the Big Ten, one or two. The Big Ten's pretty big, though, already, I think. I want to say it's 12 teams, maybe. 14. So, that was 14? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Then probably no more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the AAC would, would be good. Heck, just put them all in the Pac-12 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that way the Pac-12 will finally get a playoff team. Exactly. All right, and final big story of the show um, is Aaron Rodgers. He did a discount double check, and he will stay in Green Bay. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of drama in this story. He turned down a contract extension that would have made him the highest-paid player in the NFL. Um, there's a saga where he was seriously considering, considering retirement, excuse me, but he'll rejoin the Packers on a one-year deal, after which he is free to choose where he will go. Mm-hmm. So, in a, like, essentially, this is going to be the last dance. Like, I, I don't yeah. get all the details from that, but when uh, Michael Jordan, he knew it was going to be his final year with the Bulls, this is essentially going to be that. So what's it going to feel like to, you know, experience this? Because we uh, we sort of missed out on the one in 1998. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely won't be much like the last dance, you know. Much like with the 98 Bulls, they're going all in to win, win a championship. You know, they signed uh, Randall Cobb. They brought him back. And that was probably part of the uh, discussion Aaron Rodgers had with the GM of the Packers is, hey, if, you know, I'm going to come back, I want this guy, you know, possibly. I don't know for sure, but it would make sense. Um, you know, no, I'm not trying to throw any shade at Jordan Love. We haven't seen him play really at all, but it's hard to replicate an Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think this is going to be, like, one of the most exciting NFL trade deadlines in, like, recent memory. Um, I don't know what time in the year it is. It's probably just before halfway or something. Um, But, like, normally it's the most boring trade deadline because maybe you get an offensive lineman moved who can, you know, make an impact. But I don't know. Well, I'm going to love seeing the Packers like trading away all their draft picks to just go all in on this one year and try and get a Super Bowl ring before their uh, their star quarterback goes to a, you know, a warmer place probably, unless he goes to Buffalo, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how do you think Packers fans will treat Aaron Rodgers in what's most likely his last season in Green Bay? Um, I don't know cuz like this whole saga that's been going on for the entire offseason and, like, sort of left the team in limbo um, for the past three months. You don't know if your franchise quarterback is going to stay or go. And 
you know now that he's going to leave. So are you thankful for the time that he was there with you? Are you like, you know, ready to move on because he is? I don't know. I mean, you're the resident Packers fan of this <laughs> podcast, right? Yeah, that's true. What What do you think, just in general? Again, okay. Any everything I say is absolutely no shade at Jordan Love. Okay, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think there's any Packers fans out there. It's like you know. I hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back and then we just stick with Jordan Love. I mean, unless it's like Jordan Love's mom or family, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think that's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course we want Aaron Rodgers back. You know, he's the reigning MVP, and he's won a Super Bowl for us. Um, I think he will be treated with just as much um, reverence, I guess, as any other year he's been our starting quarterback. Sounds good. Uh, and sort of overshadowed by the quarterback situation is uh, their wide receiver. Uh, it's Devontae Adams. Uh, he's, you know, really good. Um, I don't know if they or if they gave out an award for best wide receiver. Uh, there probably is one, and he probably won it. But in any case, he also hinted that this would be his final run in the Badger State. So, uh I mean, obviously losing Rodgers is going to be huge, but what about this? You know, I don't want to be Johnny Raincloud, but I feel like after this year, the Packers might stink for the next 20 years. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm, actually, no. You know what? I don't know, actually. Mm-hmm. We do tend to draft well and develop players well, so we might, we might be better, but that's, I mean... Devontae Adams has been phenomenal. I think even when Brett Hundley was quarterback, he still did, had like 10 touchdown catches in 11 games or something. I mean, he's phenomenal no matter who's playing quarterback. And all the defensive backs know they're just going to throw it to him. <laughs> but he still catches it. And, uh, yeah, you know, again, last stance going all in for this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep, you mentioned Last Dance. Final question: If they make a Last Dance documentary, who do you think would give the best like talking head interview that's sort of related to the Packers? Um, I think it'd be funny if you had you just went to a local elementary school, <laughs> had some of those kids do it, or perhaps Giannis. That'd be entertaining. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's the uh, Wisconsin's new favorite player, I guess. I would go with uh, Jake from State Farm and how he was, you know, split between the Rogers rate and the Patrick Price. And this is like, I don't know, this is probably the fifth time we've mentioned State Farm on this podcast and we're not sponsored by them or anything. It just seems to come up. So that's good advertising from them. 